beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hello and welcome to Smut Club. I'm Hannah. I'm Chelsea. Um, we're here to drink and talk about the smutty books that we read. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. assume that you are here because you like one of those two activities, <laughs> if not both. Or maybe you're just entertained by our tipsy ramblings. Or, you know, maybe you're just a friend of ours doing us a solid <laughs> and listening to the episode. And we're glad you're here to too. Shout yeah. out to Drew, because I have a feeling this might be you <laughs> listening. Yeah. So we appreciate all of you being here to join us as we choose the next smutty book to review. Tonight is going to be a fun episode because tonight is a joint review. Woohoo! We are going back to our girl Jan, J.S. Scott. Hell yeah. Oh, fucking Jan. She's... <laughs> Somehow both the best and the worst. The absolute worst. But like, I can't stop. I am, I would say low key, but that would be a lie. I'm high key obsessed with Jan. I'm obsessed with Jan and the potential that she is a bot and not a real person. And Jan- what what percentage, like- do you think, like, mm. what percent chance are you like, she might be a bot? Mm. They might be a bot. Like, I don't know a bot's gender pronouns. Like 35, 65. In, in which direction? Like 35, she's a bot. Okay, that's fair. I might, I was about to say 45, 65, and then I realized <laughs> I'm really <laughs> shitty at math. Okay, so like I might up that to like 4060. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um because yeah. I do feel like one, this is one word document that Jan started <laughs> this billionaire series on, and then she just does um control F and then finds all of the names. Mm-hmm. So like the from the first book, Sarah, she just did control F, whatever the, the function is on her computer, and then replaced all of Sarah with Mara. Yep. And then replaced Dante with Jared, and then just changed like a couple of things along the way. But it also kind of feels like the thing that I'm like, I feel like if you gave a bot a little direction, it might accomplish this. The very story. same. The so, very same. So we say all of that to now tell you the book we actually are reviewing, because I realized we didn't get there yet. We are reviewing The Forbidden Billionaire. And I just want to throw out there, because I have at this point read enough J.S. Scott to frankly be embarrassed by the amount of J.S. Scott that I have read. And none of the titles make any sense. But also, like, I think what I don't get is that 
The Forbidden Billionaire has 4.17 stars with 11.5 thousand ratings on Goodreads. And I read this and I'm like, I don't... I don't know how how we got that rating, but it's not a rating I would give. But let's, I mean, the names and other books in this series, if you remember, the first book that we reviewed was No Ordinary Billionaire yep. because that was Dante, mm-hmm. the billionaire detective. From L.A., the, the, the homicide, homicide detective. detective. Um, we have this one, The Forbidden Billionaire. Then we're going to get the billionaire's touch, then uh-huh. the billionaire's voice, yep. then the billionaire takes all, then the billionaire's secrets. Mm-hmm. And from there, we get into only a millionaire. Oh, fuck, we downgraded. We did, yeah. <laughs> did we they, did. Did they lose their fortune? I guess I'll have to read the series you'll to find see. out. You'll see. I have read that novella, and you'll find out. Oh, really leaving and us all on then there's another series in which we have endeared, enchanted, enamored, entangled, ensnared. We also have billionaire undercover, billionaire unexpected, billionaire unnoticed. I just, I feel like I want to live in the world that J.S. Scott lives in, where there's just all of these billionaires Running amok. So here's the thing. Here's the other thing. So I I started the she has a billionaire's obsession series that is 18 books. 18 books. You shut your mouth. I will not. I know I say that at least once an episode. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. 18? How? 18. Is it all right? Is it is it 18 like standalones in the same yes. universe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I read the last three first. When you finish the billionaires from Amesport, Maryland, you'll get to why I wound up with the last three first of Billionaires Obsession series. And then I went back and started at the beginning. They're from Tampa. They live in hey, Tampa, Florida. They live in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. Tampa. <laughs> so something to know. Um, Hannah and I are both from Florida. Um, we both got out of Florida. Hell yeah. And we both hold this like weird tension where like we can talk shit about Florida, but we feel very like defensive and protective <laughs> of it. Too. And and another, right? Like there are so many stories that I'm like, oh, someone threw another alligator through a fast food window drive-through. That's Florida for you. But then on the other hand, if like if my husband were to be like, I saw this story about Florida, I'd be like, fuck you. You are not from Florida. Mind your business. You are not allowed to say that. And I think that might upset my husband sometimes. <laughs> but like there are things that like, I don't know. All right. Hannah and I grew up with the Stingray Shuffle. Hell yeah. You knew. If you went into the ocean, you needed to shuffle your feet to make sure that the stingrays felt your vibrations and then they would go away and not sting your ass. Mm -hmm. Because if you did not get stung, you at least had one experience growing up where a friend of yours got Got stung stung. because they didn't do the stingray shuffle. And you know who didn't do the stingray shuffle? My youth pastor in high school. (laughs) Actually, middle school. His Mm. name was Harvey. He was a very nice, very small... um, 
South Asian man. Nice. Love him to pieces. But yeah, he was leading the trip and he got stung. And I was like, it's because you're not from here. You clearly don't know the way. See, my youth pastor's name was Scooby and he did know the shuffle because he was from Florida and he did His name was Scooby. No one is surprised he's from Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. But we also know things like the pressure points on a gator, that when you're doing a gator show, you know which points the gator wrangler are going to hit in order to make the gator, like, subdued to do all the things they do with the gator. Well, yeah, like, we just innately know, we just know. that a— all of the force of a gator snap is in its top jaw. 100%. And so once it's closed, if you can get your hands around it, you're golden. It's not really going to reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also if you can get it on its back, there's this weird like equilibrium thing. Yep. And you can like actually rub a belly, like a, a gator's belly and if I you just, wanted. I want to be totally clear. Don't. So far. <laughs> well, yes, don't. But so far, I am currently reading the fourth book that is set in Tampa. So far, there are no gators or stingrays. Well, has J.S. Scott ever been to Tampa? Okay, what is in the book? Because there are a lot of other things that happen in Tampa that might be present. Mm, Not a lot. And frankly, the density of billionaires that she tries to convince me of the density? The density of billionaires. Like the number oh, the number of billionaires. I was like, are they large? <laughs> the number of billionaires that she tries to convince me are in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Like, I just don't, it's really difficult for me to acknowledge that. Also, if you hear any rumblings <laughs> in the background, it's my dog, Brandon. You, you know him, you love him. You love to get annoyed by him. He has no chill. He just wants to play all the time and has no boundaries. So he had a toy that several days ago I put some food treats in, and I think he is now licking the inside, hoping to get remnants because he— He's trying. He is a chonky boy. He's not afraid to search for those calories wherever he can get them. He's doing what he can do. But anyway, we are not on the Tampa, Florida billionaires yet. We are still— We'll have to get there because represent the hometown. (laughs) Now all I can think of is a day to remember. Like, Ah! (laughs) this is where we're from. You know, that's a— you went a day to remember. I went Magic Mike. Um, because straight up, I remember watching Magic Mike, which also, whoever colored that movie, please talk to me because I have a lot of questions about your decisions. It was very oversaturated and I have a lot of, I really have a lot of opinions on it. Um, but there's a scene where I'm like, oh, that's the bricks. I love the bricks. That's an Ebor. I love that place. And I was like, damn it. Why do I recognize restaurants in Magic Mike by name? And I was like, because I'm from Florida and I need to embrace this part of myself. We acknowledge and accept Florida. My best friend just told me, well, not just. She recently, so her and her husband and their children had been talking about moving to North Carolina. From Florida? No, she is from Florida, left Florida, met her husband in Montana, plot twist. okay. They ended up in Texas. Mm -hmm. I was living in Texas at the same time for a little while. So we got to like reconnect there, which was super fun. And then I moved to Tennessee and she stayed in Texas and is still there. 
but has moved from Dallas down to like San Antonio. I'm not giving her address. I realize this is sounding creepy and I'm giving a lot of details. <laughs> um, and so her and her husband have always wanted to live in like the Appalachian Mountain region. Okay. And so they were going to move to North Carolina and then they decided that they wanted to move back and be close to family because they went down and like my best friend's brother recently had a kid and, you know, all this good stuff. But she's now going to be moving back to our hometown, which I... Our, we we had a great hometown, but it's also one of those things that like as a whole with Florida, I think we kind of felt like we made it out. And now she's mm-hmm. moving back, which like now like gives me a larger incentive to go back. No offense to the rest of my family who still lives in Florida. I love you and you're good enough reason on your own. Hash, um, amen. But amen. yes, so now I'm just like reconciling as my best friend is like, I think I'm, I left and I did the thing where like we grew up in a great place And then I left and I did my thing. And now I'm coming back to raise my children in that same place. And like the cycle continues. No. And I am really excited for her as she goes on this journey and to visit her on the journey and to not live there on the journey. Yeah, I can respect that. I grew up in a different part of Florida and it was not a great place to grow up. And I I would rather scoop out my eyeballs with a fork. Well, I just want to be clear. I grew up on the north side of Pinellas County, yeah. which when white flight happened, <laughs> they they all went to the north side of Pinellas County. Um, so I oh, would no. like to be like, I'm just, I'm just owning my upbringing in that capacity, um, owning some of the schools that I went to sure. and some of the experiences I had in my early childhood were not necessarily as culturally diverse as I would like or as I would like my future children's to Fair. be. Um, we, damn, we have really gone on a fucking on a Florida whole tangent. fucking tangent. And we're not in Florida yet in the Forbidden Billionaire. We are still in Amesport, Amesport. Maine. Not Amesbury. I always want to say Amesbury <laughs> and I have no idea why. No. So we are in Amesport, Maine with the Sinclair billionaires. Yes, those billionaires. That's the how they East described Coast them in the book. Sinclair billionaires. The East Coast, because that matters. Eventually, if you read on and read more of J.S. Scott, you will discover there are West Coast Sinclairs. It's a whole thing. It's very much a journey. We Maybe we'll get there, but presently we are still East Coast Sinclair Billionaires, and we open The Forbidden Billionaire with Jared, our main man, mm-hmm. drunk Who as a is, skunk. Let's also note, Jared, our main man, is as, he's Jared Sinclair. Jared Sinclair. And so his brother is Dante Sinclair, who was mm-hmm. the homicide detective billionaire from the first book who ended up with his doctor, Sarah. We have already reviewed that one, so go back and listen if you are forgetting it. Or if you're curious, but also if it made you sad, that is also not surprising. Um, none of it's surprising. No, none of it is surprising. So this is this book is about one another Sinclair sibling, Jared Sinclair. And in our prologue, we do open up and he is drunk off his ass. Yep. So he wakes up and he's like, well, I fucking hate that, the whole being awake and lucid thing. Not a fan. And he he talks about some, like, guilt he's feeling and some shame. And he's like, I'm basically the worst and I hate myself. I'm just going to drink until I pass out again. And that's the prologue, basically. And yeah. um, so Jared is the youngest brother. He is not the youngest sibling. They do have a younger sister, um, but he is the youngest brother. So the order of the is 
Evan, Dante, Dante Jared. J- where does Grady go? Oh, oh, oh. Evan, Grady, Dante, Jared, Hope. Okay. So the five East Coast. I don't know why I felt like I needed to like raise my <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> We're going up East, an octave. <laughs> East Coast. Um, so the East Coast Sinclairs, we, we have Evan is the oldest. And then Grady, Grady Dante, Dante, Jared, Jared and then Hope. Hope. Yes. So Evan has not had a book yet. He will be the next. Grady was technically the first book. He was The Billionaire's Christmas, which was a prequel novella to this whole deal that is happening here in Amesport. Mm -hmm. Then we have Dante, which we've already reviewed, and then Jared, which we are currently reviewing, and then Hope, which I believe is— Then we get into Evan. And then Evan. Shit. So Evan is the fourth— Is the third book. Third. Fourth, if you count the novella. Yes, if you count the novella, he's the fourth. But if you aren't aware that the novella exists, (laughs) then he is the third. And then the rest of this series gets into, like, their East Coast cousins. Yes, correct. So, Evan drunk as a skunk. Or, not Evan. Jared drunk as a skunk, living his life, hating it a lot. But, like, you don't know why he hates it. But, like, you can Like, you know, he's tortured by something. But you don't fully know what he's tortured by at this Mm -hmm. time. You will find out what he is tortured by. But like, just hold on a minute. (laughs) We'll get there. Um, So then we open and um, there is a doll maker. Yep. You have Mara. Not to be confused with Sarah. Not not Sarah. This is Mara. She goes with Jared. Sarah goes with Dante. Classic (laughs) mix-up. So Mara and Jared. Um, Mara is a doll maker. That is her full-time job. Somehow she pays her bills, but barely, by doing this. And the book opens with her being sad and going for a walk on the beach. Yep. To really just... Feel her sadness and think her thoughts and feel her feelings. And then Jared sees her walking down the beach sad and is like, I should go talk to her. Yep. So he follows her onto the beach. She's sitting on a a rock or somewhere like near the water. She's getting very wet. There is like like rain happening. (laughs) <laughs> there is water from the sky, otherwise known as rain happening. Yeah. And so he rolls up and is like, what are you doing out here, honey? Like, this is not a good look. He takes her glasses off her face, which he does often, and cleans them for her and then puts them back on her face. And has, as someone who has worn glasses, like— it's Don't a very intimate me. thing. Don't touch my shit. <laughs> like, like I've all right. So this is another tangent. In third grade, I lied to, <laughs> to get glasses. Um, I I thought the cool kids had glasses. I thought if I had glasses, it would make me cool. Plot twist: Not having glasses wasn't why I wasn't cool. <laughs> But I lied to get glasses. Um, So in the future, I don't know if I permanently fucked up my vision or if I just needed them in the future. But I do very much need glasses now. And like now my glasses are like, it's not just like I need glasses. They're like, you have astigmatism. And 
your eyes are bow-legged, which was not <laughs> their medical. That was not their medical terminology. But essentially, I'm like the opposite of cross-eyed. Like, if you look at me, like, my eyes look normal, so you don't really, like, see it and think anything's weird. But I do need prism in my lenses to, like, correct it some. And then every other eye doctor I see tells me I need bifocals. So that's always a fun journey. Nice. Um, But yes, all this to say, I've worn glasses for a long fucking time. And it would feel intimate to me now if my husband noticed my glasses were dirty and just took them off my face to clean them, let alone a stranger on the beach like that I don't really know who just saw I was sad and followed me into the rain who's like, let me clean your glasses. But like doesn't even say it, just grabs them. Like, I don't feel good about it. No, I'm not a fan of that intimate moment. He does know her because he has been into her shop because Jared Sinclair wants to know more about the history of Amesport and Mara's family has been there for generations and she knows a lot about the history. So he has gone to her multiple times to get information about the history of his family in Amesport. And also worth noting, the doll that this the store where Mara sells her dolls is also her home. Yes. And so her family apparently never has had a real lease. We'll get to that in a second. And like, they're just like month to month here, but has like been there for like a long, 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 long ass time. It's like the house mm-hmm. she grew up in, even though it's only been month to month, but it used, the, the property used to be owned by the Sorry, Sinclair's. I just pick up guys. You did, and I loved it. I haven't been drinking that much, I swear to God, but believe me or don't, it's, it's cool. So the historic home where Mara has her doll shop used to be owned by the Sinclair family at some point in time, even though Mara has lived in this house her entire fucking life. For generations. Her and we really need to note that. Yeah, her grandmother, her mother, and now her have lived in this home and run this doll shop. So she's on the beach, she's crying, and Jared's like, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong and I'll fix it. And he he describes this like possessive instinct that he's like gonna kill whoever has upset her, like, which is a little extreme. Right? Like for someone who's like only had passive interactions with this woman to be like, I saw her on the beach crying. I'll kill whoever upset her. I'm like, whoa, bro, let's <laughs> let's rein that in a smidge. Especially because then like what she tells us and like what we learn is her mother died a year ago. Yep, of cancer. Cancer, yes, I'm pretty like sure. She had, Mara had had to drop out of school to be able to take care of her mother and mm-hmm. then like took over running the doll shop. And so like, this is her life because her mother has now passed away and she, her entire life was built on taking care of her mother and running this doll shop. Yes, and she has just found out that her landlord has decided to sell the house And she is being evicted from her home and also is going to have to close the doll shop because because it's, it's being sold, essentially. And the house is in disrepair. There are a lot of leaks in the roof. Um, no maintenance has really been done on the house because the landlord is like, I don't really give a shit at this point. I don't care. And Jared is very troubled by that, that she's living in this house where the roof leaks and there are a lot of issues with it. Well, and Jared is like a billionaire real estate mogul and he's like, we'll find you a new place. And like, your place isn't safe. I'm like, I know, because I'm an architect. But it's also like, 
I don't know. I felt like it was a little invalidating of her experience to be like, it wasn't safe. I'm an architect. And she's like, cool. It's my childhood home that's Mm -hmm. being sold. And now I have to leave Amesport because I have no place here anymore. I'm like, that's traumatic in itself. Yes. And so he, this is from like his point of view, kind of, it's not first person, but it, it does flash back and forth between his point of view and her point of view. Like, Every couple paragraphs we go between the two. Yeah. And he walks her back to her house. He's like, it's not safe to be out on the beach right now because there's a storm coming in. Let me walk you home. And then he like pins her against a wall and is like, you're super hot. And she's like, you are full of shit because I'm not. In fact, I put the quote down because- Please do. I feel like this is how Jan describes all of her fucking heroines. And I'm like, Jen, Jan, why are you shitting on your women? Because like (laughs) Mara straight up said, she's like, in case you haven't noticed, I'm too plump and short and plain. I think I might be, I actually might be paraphrasing, but that's what I'd written down. But like, it was very much, he's like, oh, like, I'm so into the, and she's like, I, like I'm, I'm too short and I'm too plump and I'm too plain. And he's like, you're exactly the type of woman a man wants beneath him naked. And I'm like, hey, so you just, you've had minimal interactions with this woman, just saw her crying mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. beach, followed her to the beach and was like, oh, kill whoever did this. And then she was like, I am getting evicted. And he's like, we'll find your new house. Your house isn't safe. I'm an architect. And then he like pins her against the wall. And then she's like, I'm too plain for you to want me. And he's like, you're exactly who a man wants underneath you. And I've, yeah, that's, I, that's, that's pretty much chapter one. Basically. But the end of chapter one does end on a plot twist, which we do not see really come to fruition in the storyline until the end. But at the very end of chapter one, we find out that the person buying Mara's house is indeed Jared. Uh-oh. So Jared is the reason she is getting kicked out of right. her home. Losing she, her home. And she does not know yep. this. Losing her home and her business. So then I believe we're at the farmer's market. Not quite to the farmer's market yet. Okay. Um, because lest we forget Sarah and Dante from the first book in the series, No Ordinary Billionaire, they're mm-hmm. getting married. Right. So Mara, oh, yeah, yeah, Mara yeah. is best friends with Kristen, who is Sarah's medical assistant. Admin, yeah, medical yeah. assistant. Um, Dr. Sarah has, <laughs> I don't know her fucking last name, <laughs> Dr. Sarah, which feels about as professional as she is in the first book, if we're being completely honest. Mm. Her medical assistant, admin assistant, whatever you want to call her, um, was supposed to be a bridesmaid of the wedding. Kristen, Kristen broke her foot or some shit. I don't fully remember. Yeah, she broke her ankle, I guess. Yes. And so Mara, they're like, oh, Mara, you have to step in to be a bridesmaid. And can you do us this favor? So then Mara is suddenly in Sarah and Dante's wedding. And they're like, oh, that means you'll be like standing with Jared. Yeah. And Mara's like, I don't know you, but I feel pressured to do it because all these women, there's like four or five of them are sitting there looking at her like, you're the answer to our conundrum. And she's like, oh, And she's like, I guess I am. And you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I guess we're we're doing this we're, now. We're going for it. Okay, but now we're at the farmer's market. Now we're at the farmer's market. Which, so we learn not only does Mara make dolls for a living, she is also very accomplished <laughs> at making jams and fudge. And she likes- and 
toffee. Oh, candies, toffee, not candies, fudge. Whatever. I was wrong. Yeah, candies. I think it was toffee. You are correct. And so she sells her jams and her candies at the farmer's market. Yeah, she um, does. But hey, but she can only really make so much because she's her, also making dolls. Right. She's and that, a busy woman. She's a busy woman. And so Jared finds out she works at the farmer's market selling these these items and like decides to show up at the crack of dawn. But then like on his way to Mara. I was about to say Sarah, but it's Mara. It's Mara now. We're on uh, Mara. We're on Mara. So on his way to Mara, um, Beatrice and Elsie. Yes. So Beatrice is the town psychic that I believe we sort of referenced in our review of No Ordinary. Maybe. No Ordinary Who can say? It's a crapshoot with this series. There's a this lot point. happening. Like, y'all, there's so much happening. So, so Beatrice is the town psychic. She's in her 80s. She runs like a crystal shop, like a healing sort of situation. And just as an aside and a shout out to the consecrated crystal. Hey, Nicole, we love you and we everything you. you do. We have a friend named Nicole who runs a shop called the Consecrate called the Consecrated Crystal, which is really difficult to say, actually. Um, well, we have been drinking the concept <laughs> like that. Nicole, that's not on you. That's really user error on our end. <laughs> like, no shame on on the name. Yeah, yes, the Consecrated Crystal. We love Nicole. Follow her on TikTok. She does incredible live sales. She also, much like Boda Box, she doesn't sponsor us. Um, <laughs> But maybe someday. But she she's probably more willing to than Boda Box as well. <laughs> At so, this point. Yes, we love Nicole and the Consecrated Crystal. She has incredible products. So if you are ever needing any any crystals, she is your girl. Speaking of the word products, I just have to say, by the end of this book, the word products had lost all meaning to me. <laughs> Because it was said so much. And you will understand why once you understand the nature of the products Mara (laughs) sells with her jams and toffees and candies and whatever the fuck she sells. Also referred to as her edibles. And there's no marijuana in them. There's no THC in them. But they are referred to as edibles at multiple points. So Beatrice and Elsie run into Jared when he's perusing the farmer's market before it's even open, just try, like, trying to like honestly get to Mara. Yes. And they're like, here's a crystal for you to keep in your pocket. You and we know your tears. soulmate, your soulmate that will heal you is Mara. Yes. So Beatrice tells him that her spirit guides have told her that Mara is the one for him. Beatrice has already given Mara an Apache Tears crystal that matches Jared's. And he's like, okay, thank you. Like, you're old and crazy, bye. And carries on to Mara's stand where he samples her products and is like, holy shit, products. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, holy shit. He just tries the jam and then he tries one of the like saltwater taffies or something. And he's like, this is fucking amazing. I'm buying out your stand right now. I'm buying everything that you have to offer today and you are spending the day with me. Yes, that was a big thing because he's like, spend the day with me. And she's like, I'm literally at the farmer's market to work. And he's like, not if I buy all of your product. Product (laughs) is being our (laughs) operative word here. So he buys out all of her jam. That's not a euphemism. And her taffies. 
Taffies. <laughs> is that like, did she make toffee or taffy? I don't fucking know, dude. Does it matter? <laughs> I honestly product? just realized there was a difference between <laughs> the two. It's her consumable product. Yes. She, her, her jams and her other products. <laughs> and, but he also is like, I, I want to invest and this is a company and I, I'll only take 10% and unlimited product. Which for a billionaire angel investor, that's a damn good deal to re- be on the receiving end of. For sure. And Mar- Mara's like, no, like you're cheating yourself. That's not comfortable for me. Also, you didn't ask me to spend the day with you. You just demanded. So maybe try asking like a person instead of demanding like an asshole. Like honestly, there are moments where I really enjoy Mara's backbone, but there are a lot of moments where I'm like, I wish that backbone were stronger. For sure. Because there are moments where I'm like, girl, believe in yourself the way I believe in you. But then there are <laughs> moments where I'm like, yes, way to say, no, you you didn't ask, you told me. So I will do that when you ask me and I can tell you my response, which I'm like, yes, queen, live your truth. Mm-hmm. But then there are moments where I'm like, it feels like you're not living your truth as much here. Yeah. Yeah. So he does, he he says, will you? <laughs> Instead of asking like- And then they make out in her truck. They do. And he gets very handsy. And oh, then- yeah, He smacks her ass, like he substantially. He does. He's very into it. And she's like, um, my ass is too big and you're doing the most right now. And I'm not into it. And- right. But that's like her insecurities. Because like on one right. hand, she's like, you need to ask me to spend the day with you, not tell me. But then on the other hand, she's like, my ass is too big to be smacked. And I'm like, what the f- actual fuck it's do you mean? It's just a larger target, babe. Like, why are we- If anything- It's more smackable. It's better this way. Yeah. It's more smackable. I've never met a man who's like, I wish she had less ass. <laughs> Just saying. No, no, no. So my sister, my younger sister recently got engaged, right? Yes. And- Mazel um, tov. Thank you. Um, for her, I guess. So she proposed to her girlfriend. Her girlfriend said yes. And I immediately started planning the wedding. And I told her that uh, she would be in, and I, I've, I'm fully aware that my intentions for her wedding are not going to come to fruition. But I'm really enjoying the fantasy of what I'm creating in my mind. So I told her that she would be wearing a tuxedo built for a 12-year-old boy because that's how she's built. Like, that's just the body type that no she shame. has. And she owns, right? Honestly, that's the body type that it seems all of the women in a J.S. Scott novel want. They're all like, I'm too curvy. I'm too plump. They're like, <laughs> right. I want to be small. I'm like, you know what? It sounds like you want the body of a 12-year-old boy. So your sister is killing the game. She's nailing it right now. And I was like, and you know what? I will be in a tuxedo built for a 16-year-old boy with a dump truck ass because that's how I'm built. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I see it though. Thank you. I would also like to know, while we were recording, I was sitting on the ground earlier today and (laughs) Hannah was just swinging her feet. I went, hey, Hannah. (laughs) When you're sitting in the chair, do your feet touch the ground? And her, the, um, 
like the balls of her feet touch the ground, but the heels of her feet do not. And I would also like to note, this is a standard <laughs> dinner chair. This is not like, this is not a high top. Yeah. So when I very intentionally put my feet on the ground, my the balls of my feet touch the ground. And then Chelsea's husband overheard this conversation and very kindly, as Vance is often very kind, um, found me a an Amazon box that my feet are currently resting on. <laughs> that my feet can touch something. I just looked under the table and can confirm she <laughs> still has her feet on the Amazon box. I just, she's not blowing smoke up your ass. This I'm is not. very true. It's accurate. So anyway, Mara, he does ask. Mara agrees to spend the day with him. They go out to lunch. At, they go to Sullivan. They go to Sullivan's, which does wind up coming back around eventually. Um, and so she, they have great lobster rolls there. The best, apparently, in the state. So they go, they have lunch. It's all great. He is talking to her about the business plan. And she's like, You can't take 10%. Like, you can't give me all this money to start this business and do all these things and only take 10%. That's bullshit. But also worth noting that like the owner of Sullivan's, Tessa Sullivan, am I getting that? She is the part owner with her brother, Liam. Yes, she's the part owner. Not to be confused with Liam from Neighbors. Yes, Liam Edenhofer. Edenhoff, Hoffenheimer. Um, in the book, she, like, it's an ongoing thing in Neighbors that she, like, mispronounces his last name. So I thought I would continue the journey. But yes, so Sullivan's straight up says when they get there, they're, like, Tessa's like, oh, did you already sell out of jam? And she's like, yeah, I did. Like, I sold out super quick today. And she's like, oh, well, I'd love to have some to use here. And then Jared and his business mind is like, wait, you want to use her products? And Tess is, Tessa. Products. Products. And, and, the owner of Sullivan's is like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I use them whenever she can get them to me. I've based entire meals and like recipes on them, but it's just not always around. But like, yes, if she was, if I had like a ready supply of her product, product, I would be using it like every day. Yes. So Jared's like, holy shit. Clearly we have an untapped market here. There's a lot of potential. We need to start this business. And Mara's like, "Mm, Okay, I guess. And, you know, he knows a lot about business because he's a billionaire. Obviously. And his business wasn't handed to him. So there's that. I mean, the billions were handed to him, but the real estate business he created. We will give him credit for that. But also, while they are out at Sullivan's, like Jared kind of like low-key drops this bomb of like kind of alluding to his trauma and where we started in the beginning of the book with him being... Like, like smashed and completely Mm -hmm. like super depressed. Yes, like drunk out of his mind. And he tells Mara that he killed his like college girlfriend. He's like, and I killed best friend. Yes, he's like, I killed them. Um, and that's all we know at this point. So we're like, we know that there's some trauma there, but we're like, we don't fully understand. And Mara doesn't ask any follow up questions. She She really doesn't. Doesn't do anything. She just leaves it alone. And she's she's a passive bitch. I can't. Okay. No, I have a lot of questions about that. And Mara just leaves it there. Yes. Yeah. So much so. So then Jared calls Mara. I don't fully remember the exact timeline, but like Jared calls Mara and is like, hey, while we are starting our business together that I'm 
an angel investor who's giving you all of your startup capital, but only taking 10% and free jam home, which does not feel like a good deal on his end, because it's not. (laughs) Um, He is like, hey, why don't you, like, I know, like, you're going to have to move out of your house. So, like, why don't you consider moving into my guest house while you start this business? And she's like, "Mm, I'm not moving in with you. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's a completely separate residence. It has its own entrance. It's a completely separate On the Sinclair Peninsula. Let's also be clear that in the city of Amesport, there is a peninsula that has a gated entrance that only the Sinclair siblings have residences at. Or on? That might be the better word. Um, Yes. So that's where we're starting. My dog just whimpered in the background. I don't know if you heard him. It was a very sad sound. He's quite pitiful. He is a chonky boy who is wanting more food. He is completely fine. Do not let him fool you. I can absolutely relate, though. Like, he will sit there and, like, he will make you think we are atrocious owners. And I'm like, (laughs) you, we can tell from your size alone that you are well-loved. Like, and well-fed, but And well-fed, yes. So Jared calls and I have that full conversation. But then, guys, horrible, horrible news. A fire breaks out. So, yes. So they're on the phone, right? So yep. Jared wakes up in the middle of the night. It's storming outside. And he, I distinctly remember, he wakes up, he finds his phone, he's clutching his phone, and he's like... I don't need to call her. She's probably asleep. I need to mind my own business. And then he calls her anyway. And she answers. She's very groggy, clearly just woke up. And she's like, hello. And he's like, I was concerned that your roof was leaking. And she was like, oh, it is. I probably need to switch out the containers, like the buckets that I'm using to catch the water. Then like Jared is all like, what? There are multiple containers, not even one. Like this place has a death trap. Yes. And then she's like, oh my God, I smell smoke. And he's like, what? Freaking out. And she's like, I I have to go. I have to call 911. So she hangs up and Jared's like, what the fuck? So he gets dressed very quickly, gets in the car and apparently is headed towards Mara. Then we flash to Mara's point of view. She's in the house. It's on fire. Yes. She's in the house. It's on fire. She's trying to grab all of the like actual things that she needs. Like, like her birth certificate. Yes, like shit. a birth certificate. And like is like trying to be like, shit, what, what do I absolutely need to grab from this fire? But unfortunately, the fire continues to grow and she doesn't fully have enough time. So then... She does get her mother's wedding ring, which is important mm-hmm. to her. Yes, she does get her mother's wedding ring. Um, and then we actually flash, not to Jared or Mara. I know that's a big plot twist. We're flashing to Evan, if you remember, the oldest Sinclair sibling. Yes. Who like got to town for Dante and Sarah's wedding and decided to walk home and just happened upon the fire? So he didn't decide to walk home. Apparently, the service that he used to deliver his car failed to deliver it on time. And so he's livid that the service failed to perform their function. He's very, very agitated. And he's walking along and he sees this fire and he's like, looks like a business. Also, I just want to say, you're a billionaire. So if your car service didn't come through immediately, I feel like you could afford first world problems. This is, yeah, it's truly a first world problem with him like, (laughs) like pissed off wandering down the street and 
happens upon this fire. In the middle of the night. So he sees this fire. He's like, it looks like a business. I'm sure no one's in there. And then he hears a scream and he's like, oh shit, somebody's in there. So he runs in and Mara has, she was initially trapped in her bedroom. She left all, all her significant documents. She only took her mother's wedding ring. She wound up twisting her ankle, trying to get out. She falls on the ground. And then this, this individual appears and that's Evan Sinclair. He picks her up, carries her out of the house, deposits her on the ground, and is kind of a dick about it. He's like, you know, normally when someone's house is on fire, they fucking leave the house. Like, what the fuck were you doing? And so she's really upset. Evan shows, or Jared shows up, excuse me. Jared shows up, tries to run into the house. Jared's like, no, 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 I got her. Evan is like... Evan is like, yes, because Jared's trying to get in. Yes. Evan's like, simmer down, buddy. She's right here. She goes to the hospital. Jared takes her back to his house, and he's like, you're living with me now. And I just love that, like, in J.S. Scott's universe, there's always something that happens where they're just always. like, I guess you're going to live with me now. And I'm like, what do you—how did we get here? Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I reading the story, I understand how we got here logically, but I'm almost like, all of these people, every single one of them. Has every single one. been displaced from their home. Yeah. And it just continues through every single book. So we start with a, um, somebody vandalizes a house yep. and no ordinary billionaire. We have a fire in Forbidden Billionaire. We have a snowstorm in Evan's story that yep. I'm forgetting the name of. It's a whole, like, it's just multiple times. It's like, there's no other option, boo. Guess you have to live with me now. Thanks, bye. Well, and so then, like, they get to the house. And mind you, like, they have, like, Jared and Mara have this weird relationship. Like, because they don't have a relationship, but he has this like creepily possessive energy. And so she's sitting there and she's like crying and sobbing. She's like, I lost everything. And he's like, you didn't lose me. And I'm like, did and she you have didn't you? you lose your life. Yes. He's like, you have your life and you have me. What more do you need? And I'm like, all of her earthly possessions? Her home? Like her business, like just if we are looking at Maslow's hierarchy of <laughs> needs, mm -hmm. um, there's mm -hmm. a lot that she needs actually. Sure. And mind you, yes, you can provide that to her. But so then Mara decides she wants to seek physical comfort out of Jared. But mm -hmm. then like, and she's like, oh, like I just really need this comfort. And then Jared gets all in his head and he's like about being used because he's fucked a lot of women. They they want they never want us to forget that. Holy shit! I feel like. Every other paragraph, they're like, I fucked a lot of women. I'm like, yes, Jared, we get it. You're a stallion in the sheets. Like, calm yourself, Such bro. Such a stud. Such a stud. Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? Because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right. I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. So... 
Honestly, I don't even remember the tangent that I was about to go but on. But like, yeah, so she's like, I need physical comfort. And he's like, use me mm. how you want to. And she's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. But like gets kind of like despondent when he says it. Or like yeah. he's like been into their physical interactions. And then he's like, yeah, take what you need. But like gets very like sad boy about it. And so then she's like, no, no, no. It's not me taking what I need. Like I... I don't need this. I need you. Like, I yeah. want you. Right. Not just any man would do. It's only you. And so then they bang, and it's magical, I guess, for everybody involved. I also just want to note, they talk about the size of Jared's dick. A lot. So much. So much. Through this book, because it's literally like, the the notes I have, it's like, I don't want it. I want you. And then the next quote is, have you had someone my size before? And I feel like the entire book is talking about how unfortunately massive. Yeah. Like, honestly, the way they describe Jared's dick seems almost inconveniently large. It is not good husband dick. Right. And I think right. we've talked about this before, but the difference between boyfriend dick and husband dick. 100%. And- like, there's there's a difference between dick that is ridden for fun and dick that is ridden for life. You know what I mean? Well, there's a difference. I once had a friend. And mind you, I think he was- I think <laughs> so he was- a friend? I, I think a he friend. was trying to bone me. No, okay. in retrospect. Okay. Um, But I had a friend who- was telling me, he's like, yeah, Chelsea, honestly, my last girlfriend, like, she just told me, like, I was too big for, like, longevity. <laughs> Which, like, I'm like, <laughs> I think that's my wording, not his. But, like, it was very much this, like, I have too large of a dick for her to want it on a consistent basis. Sure. And to his credit, I never actually saw his dick, but to his credit, I do think that's a real thing where people yeah. are like, hey... Your dick is too large to be something I want to engage with on an ongoing basis. It limits it limits a lot. Like it limits the positions available. It limits a lot of things when it's too big. Well, when it goes down to your knee <laughs> and, and up to your lungs. <laughs> All I can think about is that one picture of um, Idris Elba walking. Do you know the one I'm talking about? There's this photo of Idris Elba walking, and there's this very distinct, like, imprint of something that is very far down his thigh. And people are like, God damn, Idris, for real? And he he responded and was like, thank you for thinking that, but that's a, that's a mic cord. Like, that's not me, but thank you for thinking that. You know, I also love that, like, his energy was just like, hey, thanks. Mine is actually a very convenient size. (laughs) Just saying. So they bone is the moral of the story. The moral of the story is that Mara is like, I want physical comfort after her house burns down and she loses all of her earthly possessions. And then Jared is like... I guess just use me. Take what you need. And she's like, no, I don't want it. I don't want, I want you. And then he's like, me? Have you had someone of my size before? (laughs) Like, also, what do you say to that? Because I feel like if you say, 
Yeah, actually. <laughs> That's not what any dude is wanting to hear. No. No. Just saying. And also a consistent theme with with our dear friend Jan is that these women are all like near virginal. So they've had like one or two dudes in the past. Yes. And they've been subpar in the bedroom. Yes, it's always like a... I had sex a few times. I don't get what all the fuss is about. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess that's where we live now. honey. So that all happens. She has sex with Jared. And then we move to like Morrow seeing Evan walk down the beach. In a suit. In a suit. In a full suit. It's his his most comfortable suit, lest we forget. Um, But she sees Evan walking down the street in a suit and she feels a kindredship to him after he rescued her from the burning building. And so she goes to like talk with him and thank him for rescuing her. And she shares about the whole business deal. Mm -hmm. And how like she's annoyed with Jared for not setting himself up for success. And then Evan is kind of like, yeah, you're right. He's not. And like, that's not a great business deal, but I'll give you a good business deal. And so he's like, kind of playing it where he's like, well, just tell Jared if you won't sign an actual contract with you, I will. Mm-hmm. And we can open your jam and candy business without my brother's involvement. And she's like, I hate that. But also if that's what it takes to get a fair deal because I'm super ethical, then that's what I'll do. She's the most ethical hoe I've ever seen. <laughs> Holy she shit. Is. She's the most ethical hoe. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like I feel like all the time she's like, "I'm that's just not fair," or like, "I can't." Like, Jared will like gift her things, and then she's like, "We need to come up with a payment plan." And he's like, "It's a fucking gift, and I'm a billionaire, and don't give a shit." And she's like, "I can't take this iPhone," and he's like, "A thousand dollars is literally nothing. I don't. I truly do not care about it." And she's like, "I wouldn't feel right." And I'm like, "I think we need to get over this." But like, yes. because here's the thing. I view myself as an ethical and conscientious human being. But also, if I know someone is a billionaire and they're like, hey, Chelsea, I just bought you the new iPhone. I'm not going to be like, do you want a payment plan? I'm just going to say, thank you so much. I can't wait to use it. Right. If Jeff Bezos gave me a million dollars right now, I'd be like, thank you. Have a great day. You know what I mean? My only ethical concern is if it was like blood money. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah. outside, like outside of that, I really don't really have any concerns. So Evan, oh, Evan says he'll like make this business deal with yep. her. And then Jared sees them. Hugging because she hugs him as a thank you. Yes. And then Jared is like livid mm-hmm. about this and is like calling dibs on her. Yeah. To Evan. He's like, do not touch my woman. And we also left out that Sarah, who is Dante's fiance. Bought her a whole new wardrobe, including lingerie and clothing and underwear and everything because she lost everything in the fire. Just as Emily did for Sarah. Precisely. In No Ordinary Billionaire. So Precisely. it's like a like a thing that they like to pass on yeah. to the next generation. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So Jared, so Evan says to Jared, stake your claim before somebody else does. And Jared's like, um, excuse me, are you saying that you want to stake a claim? And Evan's like, mind your fucking business. Just do what I fucking said to you right now, basically. I mean, Jared rescu- rescued her from a fire. Not yeah. Jared. Evan. Evan rescued her. From they're a- all the same. They really Y'all, let, are. Let's just be clear. They're all the same. <laughs> they're all Sinclairs. <laughs> 
Evan rescued her from a fire and then was like, I'll give you a business deal if my brother won't. And then Jared's like, she's my woman. And Evan's like, bro, stake your claim if you want to stake a claim. Which honestly, I feel like Evan is being pretty reasonable here. Like, I don't feel like this is like that outlandish. And like Jared's like very much puffing his chest. Definitely. So, yeah. So then Mara, what happens next? Mara makes him dinner, I think. I don't know. Honestly, my next notes say... I'll read you all my full notes. Mara sees Evan walking on beach, offers her business deal. Jared sees, calls dibs. And then there's a space. And then the next section says, quote, I'm big and I wasn't gentle. (laughs) Follow up quote. I was stretched by a man of your size. Right, right, right. So she makes him dinner, which he's just flabbergasted by because no one has ever made him dinner before. And it's just mind boggling. Because for he's him. a billionaire and everyone only wants his money. They only want what they can get from him, not what they can give to him. Right. So then they have a conversation finally about their night or afternoon or whatever fucking time of day it was together. And he's like, did I hurt you? And she's like, no. And he's like, for real? Because I'm pretty fucking big. And she's like, I was just, you know, being stretched by a man of your size. Like, he's really obsessed with his dick size. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So then they go on a date to the arcade. Yes. So then he is like, you need to take a break. You're doing too much. Let's go to the arcade. They go, they play games. They, he gets her a stuffed animal of some kind. They do the little like photo booth thing. He loves it. And then uh, I don't even know. Neither do I. These books are all blending together. <laughs> They're all point. the same, you guys. Except these are in Maine, not to be confused with Tampa, Florida. <laughs> well, and then, so like they go on the arcade date. And then honestly, the next thing that I like really remember happening is that like Beatrice like declared that like they're a match. Because I don't think they knew Right. I don't think she had told Evan that Mara was her match. Or maybe maybe it was after the date that that Jared was like, yeah, she she called Dante and Sarah. She told me that I had a match. That's right, because because she shows him her her key ring that has the the crystal on it. Mm. And he's like, I have one of those too. Beatrice said that you're my match. And Mara's like, I'm not cute enough for that, basically. I really don't understand Mara's, like, push and pull with, like, when she has a backbone and when she doesn't. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So, from there, I I just honestly remember that they, she finally got Jared to agree to a business deal and business contract because, like, she kind of, like, played the Evan card and she was like, oh, well, like, if you won't, like, your brother will sign this, like, contract for, like, an actual, like, business deal and ethical agreement with me. Mm-hmm. And then Jared was like, the fuck he will. I'm your business partner, not my brother. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, finally actually, like, agreed on a business contract. But they didn't sign yet. They just agreed to terms. They don't sign till later. Oh, I don't remember that. I literally just you finished. You just finished it. I just finished. Here's the thing. I kind of did. But honestly, <laughs> I skimmed a couple chapters because I needed that break in my life. And they hadn't really banged again. 
So then there's the... Also, don't forget that, like, after that, Jared does tell us how his friends died. Yes. So so there's the um, bachelor party and the bridal party happening. So she is with all the women, and she tells them... That doesn't happen yet. Oh, we it are, doesn't We aren't yet. there yet. I jumped the gun. You did. I did. So we do... Jared discloses to Mara how the friends died. Yes. So what we find out is that Jared's college girlfriend, who he was in love with, and his best friend were having an affair. Jared and his best friend were supposed to be starting this, like, architecture firm restoring old houses once they graduated. So Jared was putting all of his time into that and was like, oh, that's why I'm growing distant from my girlfriend because I'm working on all of these, like, business deals. Right. And then found out because he was the designated driver at a party... And then he's like, oh, where did my girlfriend go? And, like, found her fucking his best friend. Right. So, so then, then he leaves. Yes, he got party. upset and left. Understandable. Right? As, like, a very natural human reaction. So he gets upset after he saw his girlfriend fucking his best friend and leaves the party. And he had been their designated driver. So then later on in the evening, apparently, his now ex-girlfriend and ex-best friend got in the car with another driver who was intoxicated And then that car crashed and they subsequently died. And Jared has always blamed himself because he was sober and didn't drive them home because he'd been upset. Yes. And Jared is not the only one who blames himself. His girlfriend's mother also blames him because all she knows is that he was the designated driver and chose to leave her daughter at this party And then she died. So she doesn't know about all this other stuff. So she blames Jared. And at the wedding, like, smacks him and tells him that everything is his fault. Funeral. Sure. What did I say? Wedding? I was like, who's wedding? I haven't drank that much. You really haven't. (laughs) So at the, yes, at her daughter's funeral, she, like, lays in to Jared about all this, which only, like, increases all of his guilt. Um. What was I just thinking about all of this? Honestly, I don't remember. This book is such a fucking cluster. (laughs) such a disaster, y'all. Oh, that was what it was. So Jared, I guess because he's a billionaire and loved his girlfriend and she didn't come from a family who was also billionaires, was paying her college tuition this whole time. Yeah. So there was this like whole tension where you're like, oh... Was his girl, his girlfriend was only continuing to date him because he was paying for her tuition. Right. And he was investing all the money for him and the best friend to start this business. So it's like, is the best friend only in all of this for the money for this business? Right. So Mara is starting to build her own business. They're getting the, um, Website launched. They're doing all these different things for all of this. Mara, at some point, decides that she really wants to give him a a blowy. And he's like, no one's ever done this before. And she's like... Because he's a man of his size, that a a woman has never wanted to go down on him because he's too well-endowed. Right. Which, when I think back to Morning Glory Milking Farm, at one point, she really wants to go down on him. And I'm like, if she can handle a bull penis, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like Jared might be like overestimating himself. 
I'm also, I'm like, I legitimately thought that. I was like, how big is his dick that no woman ever, ever <laughs> has wanted to go down on him because it, he's too well endowed? And especially when like we talk all of like this book about women using him to get to his money. And I'm like, okay, so all of your dick is so big that these women are like, I get that you're a billionaire, but even I can't do that. Right. And to be clear, it's not like this is this is a, a thing that happens after the fact. This is a prearranged discussion. Like he is essentially providing these women with whatever they want in order to have sex with them. Right. So it's not like it, it's a surprise for anybody. And yet we constantly seem surprised in this book by the size of his dick. And I'm like, I don't know how we're surprised. It's literally all we talk about. Right. But they keep bringing it up like it's new information. Yes. And so they have the whole like, like they've, he's never been with a woman who's like wanted to go down on a man of his size. And then I don't remember if it's in the exact same sexual encounter because there's a lot of sexual encounters and they all kind of bleed together. But then like their next sexual encounter that may have been the same night, she's like, I'm on birth control because my doctor, Dr. Sarah Sing, almost Sinclair, <laughs> recently prescribed it to me. Yeah. So she let's had, raw dog it. Yes. She had originally said that they weren't going to hook up again, that it was a one-time thing after the fire, that she didn't want to use him, blah, 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 blah. And then... In the book, from her perspective, she's like, I guess I kind of knew in the back of my mind that this was totally going to happen with Jared again. So I definitely got on birth control so that we could just like bang it out. Yeah, I feel like the book doesn't read as someone who decided they were no longer going to be sexually active. Honestly, it reads like, some Christian high schoolers who are like, <laughs> we're not going to have sex, but I bought these condoms just to be safe right. for the sex we're never going to have. Right, right. And then he's like floored that he trusts her enough to go for it, even though he's fucked a lot of women, you guys. He's fucked a lot of women. He is not afraid to remind us. I fucked a lot of women and no woman has ever wanted to go down on me. I fucked a lot of women and I've never gone raw before. Like I fucked a lot of women and fill in the blank. I'm like, bro, we we get it. it. You're, You're a hot billionaire who's boned a lot of chicks. All I can think about is the Beach Boys right now. Get around, get around. I I get get around. around. (laughs) I like that we harmonized that. We did. Unintentionally. We nailed it. Yes. So, all right. From there, they raw dog it. Sure. They go without a condom because she's on birth control for the sex they weren't going to have. And he's like, you're mine forever now. Yeah. You can never leave me now that I've had you bear. But also, I don't love you. Right. I just can't live without you. And you're mine. And you are mine. But this is not love. I want to be clear. Because I don't believe in love. Exactly. Because of his trauma with his girlfriend who was using him for his money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we actually get to where Hannah previously tried to bring us because right, right, I, right. I brought us back. 
um, to the bachelor and bachelorette party. And at the bachelor mm-hmm. party, Jared is sitting and talking to all of his brothers and like, do you love her? And he's like, no. And they're like, are you super possessive and like can't imagine her with anyone else? And he's like, yes. It's like, fuck everyone. Like, haha, it's love. Yeah. And they're like, would you walk through fire for her? And he's like, yes. Because he already low-key kind of did, even though she doesn't know. He tried to go into her house while it was on fire to rescue her, even though she had already been rescued. And so he's like, oh, damn. Like, maybe it is. And then at the bachelorette party, she's had a few daiquiris and all the women are like, what? Like, you're totally into him. And she's like, no. She does disclose a little bit more. She does. Than Jared does, but it's still kind of that like, oh, I don't know. Like, we're just seeing each other for now. Like, it's nothing serious. Right. That's kind of their energy. Right. And then the next day, he comes over super early, shows her the website for the business. Yes, he like got up at like the crack of dawn and was like, the website is up. And that's not the only thing that's up. And yeah, that's literally, literally, literally what happens and yeah, what is that, said. That wasn't hyperbolic. That was very <laughs> spot on to what's in the book. Uh, um, but like the website was up and he bought her a new phone because she yep, lost her phone in the fire. Mm-hmm. And then they decide that they are officially together. Like after after the bachelor and bachelorette party the next day, they like kind of officially deem themselves together. But this is also the scene where she's like, he's like, she never looked better to me. And she's like, I was wearing a spaghetti strap, lacy tank top, and shorts that went to my knees. And y'all, I don't know what the fuck Jan <laughs> Scott, J.S. Scott, like what the obsession with Bermuda shorts is. And I'm like, is this you trying to make these women less sexy? Because it feels like all of the men in your books are like these like hot alpha billionaires with zero body fat. And then all of the girls are like, I'm plain and curvy and wear Bermuda shorts. And I'm like, where, I just, why do all of you have Bermuda shorts? I just don't get it. So I feel like I need to do more research into Jan and like where she's from. Because if she is in fact from Florida, maybe that is tainting her definition of sexy to include Bermuda shorts. Honestly, when I think of Bermuda shorts, I think of the mission trip I went on in middle school <laughs> to Central America. Like, Chelsea with full braces. Yes. Doing ribbon dances, whatever the fuck I was doing on these Saving trips. Souls. Saving souls on this trip. I was a I was a clown. Unfortunately, I popped a lot of balloons. And that's they, that is not a euphemism, y'all. She was a clown. I, I was a clown. I dressed up as a clown. They tried to teach me how to make balloon animals. I was not great at it because I was 11 <laughs> at the time. I'm like, I'm 11 trying to save the souls of, I don't know who the fuck I'm trying to save the souls of. Mm. Um, I popped a lot of balloons because I was 11 and a pretty Again, shitty clown. Not a euphemism. I made the children, <laughs> I made the children cry because <laughs> I popped so many balloons. But like, when I think Bermuda shorts, I think that is quintessential Chelsea and Panama energy circa I don't know, 2000, whatever the fuck year it was that that trip happened. And no part of me has ever heard shorts described as going to the knees and being like, this is sexy. And to be fair, J.S. Scott, Jan, our girl, is like, I agree, it's not sexy, but the men are somehow into it. And I'm like, why are all of your men 
why are all of your like super hot zero body fat alpha males into Bermuda shorts? I have just are Chelsea. Just there's something in the water in fucking Amesport that we don't know about. And Tampa. And Tampa. We haven't made it. Are there Bermuda shorts in the Tampa books? I honestly don't remember. But, you know, we wouldn't put it past our girl. We wouldn't. Not for a moment. So he's into it. She's into it. They bang again. She's like, I need a contract. And he's like, fine. I'll draw one up. I promise. After giving her the phone and the computer. But when did he... Oh, so then after, yes, I'm getting ahead of myself because then the night of the rehearsal dinner when it was just the family hanging out and like all of this drama goes down where like you find out Hope, the youngest sibling. So she's the the youngest of the East Coast Sinclair. She has the four older brothers, Evan, Grady, Dante, Sinclair. Jared. Jared. um, And she's married to Josh? Something, I don't know. Something Sutherland? with a J. Something with Something a J. Sutherland. J. Sutherland is what we'll <laughs> go with. Um, and then we find out, like, this gets disclosed at the rehearsal dinner that, like, she used to be an extreme weather photographer and yep. had almost died on an assignment because she was kidnapped. kidnapped and tortured and raped. And you're like, I didn't know tornadoes were dangerous in that capacity. They were. Um, in India. In India. Yes, that is a, a big point. And then... Um, the mom of Jared's college girlfriend shows up that night. Yes. And so is- they're like processing that Hope went through all of this and her husband, whatever, Jay Sutherland, is like, uh, we're together now. I'll keep her safe. And all the brothers are like, we'll keep her safe. And so they're all processing that. And then they're like, someone's at the door for you, Jared. And he's like, what? And it's, the mother of his college girlfriend who's sitting there and she's like, so I found her diaries and I read them and I was reading all about how she was in love with your best friend and was just using you for college tuition. So can you actually tell me what happened that night? Yes. And And Mara jumps up and is like, you will get the fuck out. And all the brothers are like, we will remove you. Like... like You can't be here. But, like, the brothers don't fully know what's happening. They're just, like— Except Evan. Dante, because they're, like, do we need to call the police? Then Dante's, like, "I the police are already here, bitches. What's going on? I am the police. I am the police. I'm, like, fuck you, Dante. (laughs) I love your energy. (laughs) I'm, like, both somehow, fuck you. (laughs) And I I love your energy. Mad respect, bro. So— then all of Jared's like college trauma gets brought to light with his family. Yeah. So Evan tells them the whole story while Jared is talking to the mom. Right? Roughly. I also think if I'm remember I thought if I'm I could be remembering this very incorrectly, let's be completely honest. But I felt like she came in and like had some questions and then Jared wasn't like answering them very quickly. Then everyone's like, we want answers. What's going on? And like Evan just like jumped into what happened in front of everyone. Yeah. And then at the end, Jared like walks her outside. And they talk and then Jared answers more questions from all the siblings. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, But then after that, he drives Mara back to their house now because they live together. She's also no longer in the guest house in case anyone was wondering. She's living... No, she is in the guest house. 
Jared is sad she's in the guest house. He's like, why the fuck isn't she in the main house where she was a few days ago? We're like, because you like didn't really clarify this. Use your words, Jared. And so then they fuck on a Mercedes. Well, it's also important to note, it's her new Mercedes. She doesn't know that till after they bang on it. Did they bang or did he bang or did he just give her? They definitely bang. I, I just, I you just, just reread it. it. Honestly, I skimmed it. I was so over he, them. She calls her, pr- she calls him pretty a couple of times and he's like, you're yes. going to pay for that. Spanks her a little bit, bangs her on the Mercedes. Yes, that did happen. And then he's like, this is your new car. And she's like, the fuck? And he's like, I gave away your truck. It wasn't safe. I gave it to, because they hired a couple of teenagers to help her with the business. I gave it to the teenager who's helping you with the business so he can fix it up so his family will have a car. This is your new one. It's safer. It's practical. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I'm not fully against it, but like maybe don't give away my possessions without asking me. Yeah. But then we also find out like Jared had like snuck that like he could buy her a new car into their business contract for her products. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then that was the rehearsal dinner, big night for the whole Sinclair family. The next day is their wedding. I don't know if y'all remember, but in No Ordinary Billionaire, the youth center was a very prominent <laughs> setting. Um, and it is also where Dante rescued Sarah from the kidnapper, whatever. Go back the and read it. The serial killer, Windy City it's Carver. It's a fucking hot mess all, <laughs> all across the board. And so um, they are at the wedding. Mara goes to the restroom at one point and is like thinking she's never been happier, comes out and is like trying to get to Jared, but is stuck behind a large man and Jared can't see her, and she overhears Jared saying, like, oh, I need to tell Mara that I bought her house. And I, right. And I'm the reason she was displaced. Right. I'm the reason she was getting evicted. It's all on me. And the the brothers are all around, like, dude, I can't believe you haven't told her yet. You have to tell her. And he was like, I know, I just don't want to hurt her. And so she's thinking the only reason he's with her is because he ruined her life, basically. Like, he ruined her business. He took her home. And so she's thinking that he's doing this just out of pity for her because he's done that in the past. So he didn't tell his his girlfriend's mom that she was a cheating individual. And so you're honestly giving him so much more credit. That's what it says in the book. I know. That's what it says in the book. But you're still giving him more credit than I did. But that's what it says. That's what, that's the picture that Jan is painting. So she's like, obviously that's the only reason he's with me. Because I'm so plain and flat and curvy and whatever (laughs) random words that you're like, (laughs) these are not congruent. They're not. Whatever, whatever um, um, conflicting adjectives you can think of, that's me. He's only with me because I am fat and stupid and don't have a home. And he feels bad for me. Yes, he pities me. So she runs away from the wedding. To her burned down home. Right. Which is unsafe to be in. Which is, yeah, condemned and not safe to be in. But also Evan sees this all play out and Evan sees Mara overhear this and sees like Jared not know Mara heard and like is like trying to help out because he's Evan and that's what he does. So Evan follows Mara 
to her burned down home that she's hanging out in and like crying in and having an existential crisis in. Yeah. And is like, no, he had, like, Jared had good reasons. And then at this he point, loves you. he loves you. And that this is where we also find out that, like, officially find out that Jared had tried to run into Mara's burning building to mm-hmm. save her mm-hmm. because we didn't really know that up front. We only knew, like, Evan saved Mara, but we didn't know that, like, Jared had gotten there before the place fully burned down and had tried to, like, go in and save her. And Evan actually had to intervene or Jared would have died. Yes. So then Mara is sitting there and she's like, oh, my gosh, he loves me. And he, like, went into a burning building to save me. How incredible. Yes. And then Jared's like, or Evan, excuse me. Evan's like, Jared obviously loves you. Maybe you need to give him a chance. And she's like, maybe you're right. So they stand up from the soot-covered floor, which is very prevalent in the book because and, it's it's Evan's favorite tuxedo that right? he's and ruined he's like, oh, to sit on the floor. This is, this is my favorite. Yeah. He's very uppity with his... Yeah. This is my most comfortable suit earlier in the book. And this one, he's like, oh, this is my favorite suit. I'm like, okay, bro, you're a billionaire. Buy some more fucking suits. Calm down. You can buy this exact one. So she hugs him as a thank you for- thank you for comforting me and coming and talking me down when I had been super upset and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Jared had finally realized Mara was missing. So like he comes to the house and happens upon his brother- Evan, the dog. Hugging. The <laughs> hussy. <laughs> Hugging the hussy. And he's like, I will fucking kill you. And she's like, no, you won't. Please stop. She like bodily prevents him by essentially, I'm, I'm like imagining a full koala bear. Because in the book, it describes her like latching onto his neck and then wrapping her legs around his waist. So she goes like full koala bear to stop him from going after his brother because she's assuming that he is going to like physically hold her up rather than let her fall and go after his brother. So he's like, I'm still going to kill him. And she's like, no, you're not. Take me home. And I I mean, that's really it. Yeah. I feel like the, honestly, this book is so anticlimactic because you're like, cool. The entire book, the, what's like the, the drama and tension that's been building has all been predicated on Mara finding out that Jared had bought her home and essentially, like, got her evicted from her childhood home. Which is the catalyst for everything, for the whole fucking book. Right? And so then at the end, she, like, she finds this out and then, like, talks to Ev, like, and you're like, oh, fuck, like, what's going to happen? Like, clearly there's, like, there's going to be, like, a disconnect for a while. And then Evan shows up and is like, he had his reasons and he ran into the building when it was on fire because he didn't know I'd already saved you because he loves you. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess Jared did do this with good intentions. So then like by the time Jared shows up, she's like, no, we're good. Right. Like there's like, he doesn't even know that she had beef with him for a little while. Right. She's already forgiven him because she, because Evan explains that he realized that Jared realized the house was unsafe. And that's why he had his moment and bought the house to get her out of it because he didn't want her in a house that was unsafe. 
which like we're all supposed to just believe is because he like subconsciously was already in love with her and couldn't admit it to himself. So he like bought this house yeah, to make sure she was safe. But then also bought it because the business he was going to start with his college roommate was an architectural like refurbishing business of restoration i apologize not refurbish restoring big difference <laughs> was a not that big a restoration not, a, not as big as jared's dick apparently <laughs> <laughs> nothing is as big as jared's dick from how they describe it because the way they describe it makes it sound of epic proportions super epic and so yeah, like there's really no drama at the end. Like, but like there's no tension between Mara and Jared. Nope. They just bang again. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I realized you had good intentions when you did this. Yeah. Let's fuck. And she is like, I know you don't believe in love. I've told you I loved you. Like, I don't expect reciprocation. And he's like, you're fucking stupid. Of course I love you so much that it's craziness. But also it was the first time he used the word. So was she crazy? No. Because I feel as though he was not forthcoming with this necessarily up front. Yeah. So, I mean, basically that's where the book ends. There isn't, well, and he says, marry me very demandingly. So, and she's like, try asking just like at the farmer's market. There's a lot of symmetry in this. In fact, they even note the symmetry in the book. It's not just us. They point it out very specifically. And so eventually he says, will you? Just like he did at the farmer's market. And she says, I will. Thank you. Just like she did at the farmer's market. And then they decide they're going to get married. And then in the epilogue, it's like they've gotten married very quickly. Her business is booming. She's opened like a factory. He's decided that he's going to restart his business of of restoring homes. Not refurbishing. <laughs> I mean, I guess also refurbishing. <laughs> I don't fucking know. And Is there a difference? Someone I don't please tell us. I think so. I mean, I don't know. I thought they were synonyms. It feels synonymous to me. So that's it, really. Yeah. So like the whole book is building up to this tension of like Mara finding out that Jared had fucked her over by buying her house. Mm -hmm. But then Evan shows up and is like, he did it because he loves you and your house wasn't safe. If that wasn't obvious by the fucking fire that you had. (laughs) And then she's like, when you say it like that, I guess he really does love me. And then Jared shows up and is like, I'll fight my brother. Then she's like, don't fight him. I love you. And then he's like, I love you too. The end. And you're like, (laughs) I really am curious about how we decided this was the journey to go on with the doll maker. And that's the book, guys. She's not just a doll maker. I would also like to note, because we did forget to mention this, her jam business really does take off. Booming. Um, In fact, they had hired some high schoolers to help, but then honestly, they outgrew the guest house for making these products. And so then they bought an industrial warehouse products. And then they bought an industrial warehouse so that they could make the products, products in mass. (laughs) Um, And that she now has a booming 
business called Mara's Kitchen. And yeah. she and Jared designed the logo themselves. So I imagine it looks fantastic. Very professional. And she's very proud of all of the jobs that she is providing to Amesport. And that is, that's the story, guys. So I don't know what about this was forbidden as the forbidden billionaire. I don't know what about it not was forbidden. A, not a damn thing no, was forbidden. No. Like their romance wasn't forbidden. I mean, going in the condemned building was forbidden, but I don't think that, was it the size of his his dick was forbidden? Like, I legitimately, I'm right there with you. What was forbidden about this? Jan, if you are not a bot, <laughs> please let us know. We do have questions. If you're an actual human woman and not a bot or potentially a man in a basement, <laughs> we want to know. We really would love some answers here. So- Thank you for joining us. We love you. We're so glad you're here. And we hope you have a wonderful night. Yeah. Thank you. Or a wonderful day. Oh, wait. Also, because we always forget. Not always. We occasionally forget. How do we rate this book? And are we rating it out of taffy, out of toffee, out of jam (laughs) jarred? I think it should be out of of taffy. Out of dolls, out of Victorian (laughs) dolls. Victorian dolls, out of handmade Victorian dolls. I'm going to go three out of seven. I was going to go one out of three. (laughs) I feel like we're close. Yeah, we're not, we're not far off there. So we're not. I'll, I'll say three out of seven Victorian dolls. Um, Annabelle's. Annabelle's and jam jars. <laughs> yeah, that feels right to me. That feels right to me. Um, so yeah, I think that that yeah, that's a that's a generous rating. And honestly, we went into a lot of detail, y'all. So if you feel like you want more information, you can read it. But frankly, you, you will probably get less than what we gave you. Yeah, you know everything you need to know at this we juncture. We really filled in the narrative of that one. We did. Um, don't worry. Our joint reviews, we will continue next <laughs> with Evan Sinclair because we can't abandon Jan like this. Never. We we got to do a few more. I don't know if we're going to make it all the way to Tampa before we move on <laughs> to some other territory, but I think we can at least make it through like the biological Sinclair brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. We can make it through Evan. Yeah, we can make it through Evan. After Evan, we get into the cousins and we can also get to the cousins in the future. We might need to take a break if we're being honest. We'll just see how it goes. Yes. All right. Thank you. We love you. I apologize that you already heard us say this because we forgot to do our rating system. (laughs) So pretend that you didn't hear it already and you're hearing it now for the first time. Yeah, it's magical. And we just really appreciate that you spent this hour and whatever, however many minutes with us. So stay safe out there and keep reading Smut, I guess. Yeah, keep reading Smut. Next week on Smut Club. Like, have you seen like those like memes where they're like, don't jump to conclusions. And then it's me jumping to conclusions. And yeah. it's like someone like on one of those like three-story trampolines. Yes. Like this is what it feels like here. He's like, yeah. I was just worried about getting you pregnant. And she's like, I knew he wouldn't want to get a whore's daughter pregnant. And you're like, I really don't think it had anything to do with your upbringing. I just think like he didn't want to have See, children. that's more believable for how trauma works than just suddenly being cool with a BJ. Like... <laughs> That's more in line with how trauma works.
So at least she got something halfway right. Well, that's it for this week's Mutt Sluts. We hope it was good for you, because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.